for me, the thing I'm super passionate about is training coaches who can pay it forward. I feel like if we had coaches everywhere, then instead of marriage counseling, where you're maybe pointing the finger and complaining about your husband, a coach could be there to ask the question you were saying, how are you contributing to the breakdown in your marriage? And, but do it in such a loving, gentle way, like a really, we always say, you know, we're standing for you, standing for your greatness standing for your marriage, standing for your husband's greatness too. He's a great man. You wouldn't have married him if he wasn't. So do you ever envy those so-called hashtag couples goals? Well, you know, when you first fall in love with someone, you get butterflies every time you see them. You lust them. You're infatuated with them. You want to be with them all the time, like best friends. Do you want that to last forever? Together, let's discover what it takes to say a massive yes to all the above. Through our topical discussions, our world-renowned guests that will help guide the way to a happier, sexier, and fun-loving relationship. We're not doctors or therapists. We are just two normal individuals who have had many ups and downs in our 23-year relationship. And counting. We've amassed our own wisdom over the years, but we're still learning, just like you. Nina and I believe you can have it all and still live your best lives, as long as you're willingly and consistently discover each other in new ways. And that right there is what the show is all about. We're Nina. And Roger. And this this is The the Animal Show. Show. Yeah, baby. Hello again, everybody. My name is Roger, and I'm here with my beautiful wife, Nina, yeah, and we yeah. are the Head Over Heels Show. <laughs> <laughs> and it's our freaking anniversary. I thought you were going to forget. <laughs> <laughs> 18 years marriage and 24 years together. We are extremely happy. Nina's dancing in her chair. Yeah, baby. Having lots of fun in our marriage. We have a great show for you today. We're going to talk a lot about... What, what is it? The Empowered, the empowered wife. wife. How I got this relationship to 24 years. You there know you what go. I mean? Like, <laughs> you know all that credit that I'm going to take today? <laughs> There's got to be a book out there on how the guys can handle all the mood swings and personalities. That it, yeah. <laughs> Listen, it is all up to the woman. That's I've it. been saying this my whole life. There you go. And my friend Laura Doyle today is here to prove that. Yeah. She's an incredible human. I mean, you guys, I can't wait for you to listen to what she has to say she is an author. She's a New York, New York best-selling author of beautiful two books. The ones I'm reading right now is The Empowered Wife. Mm-hmm. But she's a relationship expert. She's a podcaster. And she's just down-to-earth incredible. Because what you're going to hear on this show is how Laura articulates how a woman can take her relationship and in, in, in her own power, literally, and, and take control of it, but without coming across as a controlling freak or a bitch. You know what I mean? You know, like she's so good at doing it in a very loving, caring wife or a partner way. And there's no like man bashing in this. There's no like sexist comments or anything like that. Whole men are this or men are that. There's nothing. It's just straight up how to deal with you as a woman. Yeah. Number one thing I loved about her, and you you guys will hear it in this episode, is that her number one thing is respect for her partner. Mm. That's so important. If you have respect, you'll have, I think everything else will run smooth. And she will explain that. And she's also going to explain about something that her and I talked about a lot, 
which was about the pinky method. We talked about it before we started the podcast, but wasn't recorded. So it was, what this was, this my grandmother had told me when I was little that baby girl, you can change a man's mind with your pinky. And Laura talks about how that works. Yeah, we really. didn't talk about it during the show before recording that Nina explained this, the story about her grandmother. So, yeah, so I don't want just, you to be confused. We just wanted to throw some context <laughs> to why they're saying about the pinky within the show. It's a great show, you guys. So before she comes along, we uh, wanted to announce the winner from last week or the two weeks ago's episode. It was a book by Merrick Rosenberg, The personality Chameleon. Expert. Yeah. The Sorry, Merrick yeah. is the personality expert. Yeah. And it's The Chameleon. The book is called The Chameleon. And it's an amazing book teaching you how to learn personality types. And it's a very, very, very simple way to do so. Who's the winner? It is. Sorry. <laughs> the Instagram handle, we don't have the name, but the Instagram is at the underscore tiny underscore D. So the tiny D. And I hope that's that, a really unique name. Yes. I hope the D doesn't stand for what I think it stands. If it does, sorry, buddy. Could but, be David, it could be Diane, it could be, I don't know. Yeah. Whoever that is, congratulations. Thank you for entering the draw. Thank you for listening to our podcast and, you know, giving us your love. We appreciate you. Keep coming. And we also appreciate all of you out there that are listening, that are bringing our numbers up week from after week. all over the world. We're yes. at 28%. And I got to say, we got half of the states in the U.S., all the provinces in Canada, quite a few countries all over the world. We even got something like Lithuania. Lithuania. How, how do you say it? Lith Lithuania. Lithuania. There you go. <laughs> I mean, I can't even pronounce that name. How about Indonesia? Can you say that? Yeah, <laughs> I can say that. But we've got tons So we get downloads from these places that I've never been, but my voice has been in somebody's ears back there. Crazy. And, and you guys, our hashtag on TikTok has been gone over 7 million Views, it's insane. The head over heels show hashtag, hashtag. So, I mean, all of this is so good because clearly you're benefiting from our show, from all the DMs and messages that we're getting. So, thank you again from the bottom of our heart. Don't forget to leave us a review on Apple because that really, really helps with the numbers. Mm. And you know, share it, there. give it out to people. I mean, there's no way that this show is not helping out people. Amazing guests that we've been having over the past few months since we started. It's been a, absolutely amazing. We have people that blew my mind in terms of what I've learned and what I've started implementing in my life and my relationship and everything in the way it's I crazy. Think. It's yeah. crazy. It's crazy how much we've learned. I got yeah. Laura's book and I read the, almost half of the book in one day, one morning, because I was so intrigued by it. It's so incredible. She has so much value in this book. And the book is called The Empowered Wife. Please, I'm, I mean, I'm begging you, every woman out there needs to read this book. It's such a good book. Yeah, go get it. But we also really want you to listen to what she has to say. She's so good. She's very smart. She's a coach. She's a best-selling author. She's a yeah, podcast she's host. She's, uh, I mean, she's she's a guest on our show. Yeah. <laughs> so without further ado, let's all welcome Laura Doyle. <laughs> Round of applause. Welcome to the show, Laura. We're so excited to have you here. <laughs> oh, thank you. Great to be here. I've been reading your book. I'm so infatuated with it because it's everything that, that you say in your book, I can relate to with everything in me, to be honest. And I was so happy to have you on the show today because I wanted you to tell our viewers and you know explain how the empowered wife is and what is that all about. And But we're going to start with telling us about yourself a little bit. And the book. And the book too. Well, sure. I mean, I guess, you know, my story starts with 
first me being so excited to marry my husband because he's so handsome and smart and talented. And and then a few years in, it wasn't going so well at all. He was uh, avoiding me most of the time. And I was trying to give him uh, helpful advice. I was going to help him improve his resume, you know, maybe make a little more money, also be tidier. I was going to show him how to be more romantic. Guy wanted nothing to do with me. Who, who would, you know, I don't know why, but anyway, but I didn't know why at the time. I just thought, gosh, there's something wrong with him because he wasn't, he didn't want to spend any time with me and he didn't even want to make love to me. So I thought, well, that's not normal. Men, that's, that's not how they are. But I knew what to do. I thought, okay, I'm going to take him to counseling and then the counselor will fix him. And then I can finally be happy. Right. So we went to counseling because that's how it works. Right. So yeah, we went there. We went for like over a year. We spent $9,000, over $9,000. I remember I was sitting on the counselor's gray couch when I realized this is hopeless. Like he is never going to change. He doesn't want to change. And I'm either going to spend the rest of my life in a loveless marriage or else I probably should just get divorced. I think, I think I'm going to have to get divorced. So I decided I was going to get divorced. The only problem was I was too proud to get divorced. I was too embarrassed. I didn't want everyone to know because I had been pretending, you know, we'd have a big old fight on the, in the car, right. especially a lot in the car on the way to like a party. And we get to the party and be like, Oh, hi, everything's fine. And we just had this act like, our marriage was was doing all right. So I thought as a last ditch effort, I'm going to interview women that seem like they have happy marriages and I'm going to ask for their secrets. What are they doing? And I really thought they were going to say, oh, you have to marry the right person. But they didn't say that. They had all their suggestions that uh, didn't even make sense to me. I thought they were crazy, but I was so desperate. I thought I'm going to experiment with their ideas. I'm going to try them on. If it works, I'm going to keep it. If it doesn't, I'll throw it out. And I remember I had been trying some of the things they said for not that long. And I walked through the door one night and my husband's face lit up. He was happy to see me again. And that had been gone. And I thought, okay, something's working here. And then uh, I thought, okay, this is, I really restored my hope. Like I can have the kind of marriage I wanted to have when I stood at the altar and said, I do, because now I know what to do. I thought we're not going to have those big fights anymore. Wall-to-wall hostility, right? Or cold wars. We'd have these cold wars where there was no talking for days. But then we were in the car and we had a big old fight again. Huge, horrible fight. Like I'm saying horrible things. He's saying horrible things back. And I thought, oh, here we are again. And I knew it was because I wasn't doing the things that I had discovered from these women. And they weren't that hard to do. They were just new. So I had the idea like, okay, I'm going to, get some of my girlfriends that are complaining about their marriages too, right? I'm going to get them to do this with me. And so we're going to have a little support group in my living room. So we did, there was five of us. And so I started, I like stopped controlling my husband, started controlling my friends. And for some reason that worked. Like I remember one of the women was like, uh, my husband won the sales contest at work and he took me on the most romantic getaway of our lives. So we were felt like we were seeing miracles. And another one said, this isn't going to sound big to you guys, but we've been fighting for months about him painting the family room. Well, he got up and painted the family room today. So, you know, so she's really seeing some dramatic differences in her relationships. We all were. I knew I was onto something and I couldn't understand why everyone didn't know some of the things that I was so like my, my parents are divorced. So I was following a failed recipe and I felt like my grandmother's didn't tell me some of the things like that your grandmother told you, Nina. um, And so one of the women said, can you write down what we're doing for my cousin in Florida. And I was like, sure. Okay. I'll do it. And that ended up being 
my first book, which became a New York Times bestseller, published in 19 languages and 30 countries. And it's a worldwide movement. I accidentally started a worldwide movement just from trying to start, you know, save my own marriage, trying to fix my own marriage. Today, I'm happy to say that we'll celebrate 32 years of marriage. And I, I'm married to the man of my dreams who makes bedroom eyes at me all the time now. And just, just like, I'll be passing him in the hall and he'll just grab me at the waist and put me in for a kiss. And uh, we just have a lot of laughs and it's, it's what I was hoping I would have when, uh, even when I was a little girl, what I dreamed I would have. So it is. We all do. We all women. There's we all do. Have an amazing <laughs> marriage, great husband, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And to feel desired and feel special and feel taken care of. Well, it's funny because are... part of the reason why we started the podcast as well is because we were, we feel we have a great marriage. We do have some, we did have some struggles that we dealt with. We still do. So we thought, you know what? Might as well go out and learn from people like yourselves. That way it'll help us get better and it'll in turn help other people get better as well. Yes. We do a lot of things right, but we also do a lot of things wrong as well. Right. We're doing more than right than wrong. Yeah, That's why we've been here for 24 years. (laughs) Yes, 24 years is a big accomplishment. So congratulations to you guys. Yeah, yeah. I think it's something maybe we don't celebrate enough in our culture. You know, we give out awards for acting really good or whatever, but wow, 24 years. It's really says something. Uh, I admire marriage Grammys. How many marriage Grammys? I do. I want to have like little little awards I give out to, especially women. I mean, I get to meet a lot of women who save their marriages from real crises. But there's an affair. He's moved out. You know, filed for divorce, and they're able to fix their families. I just um, it takes courage, right? right. It takes uh, vulnerability. So. And I, I know what must be going on in your marriage to have it be so good and to have overcome some of the struggles that you've overcome as well. So well, from reading your book, I would when I was reading it, I would go back to the times that we've had issues, Raj and I together. And I would think back, Laura, I would literally pinpoint to everything that I've done when I'm reading your book. And it was always my fault. I would always think. If I had done this, we wouldn't have had this issue. If I, you know what I mean? And it's true. If I had spoken to him this way, he wouldn't have argued with me that, that you know, we, and it's, and it's all that. And it's all up to me to make my marriage work. I know you have a lot to, to do with it as well. All he wants for me to be happy. That's all he wants. This is enormous accountability from you, Mina. And I just love that, right? Because I think a lot of times as women, we, it's hard for us to be like, what do you mean? It's my fault. I, that was a big shocking moment. That's one thing I did get from counseling when she said, I don't know if you realize you're a little controlling. And the record was like, you know, like, wait, we're here to fix him, not me. You know? So I really love your um, wonderful accountability. And I, and I also love Roger's fist pumping in the back. Like, yeah, <laughs> because uh, it's true. He just, just want you to be happy. And sometimes we make it hard for our husbands to make us happy, right? Absolutely. And I say that to a lot of my friends. And I say, you know, I want to scream from the top of my head like how happy I am in my marriage and I wish it on yes. everybody. And it yes. is, I'm doing this because I want it to be what it is. You know, we always have goals in, in life and we, we focus on that goal, whatever that goal is. And you focus on it to make it good. It works and it is good. For me, it's always been my marriage. My marriage has always been first. I always try to put that as my goal in life to be good at it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I yeah. think that's, that's where I've been. <laughs> and well, and I think that's kind of, um, I want to say special, you know, unusual, admirable too, because I think a lot of us are raised, I know I was like, you've got to get your education. You've got to have 
a good career. You don't want to have to depend on a man even is kind of the message. And the independence was a big theme for, you know, growing up. And that is no longer my goal. You know, I want to be interdependent with my husband. <laughs> I don't want to be independent. <laughs> that doesn't sound that exciting to me anymore. And, but we don't get any training on uh, relationships. There was no, no relationships 101 yeah. at my school. And I don't know if there was at yours, but no. uh, I don't know where we're supposed to learn it. It is the one thing. Like, I feel like if your relationships are successful, that's just, boy, that is really a big part of a successful life. 100%. I love that. See, that's what we say all the time, too. Say, if your relationship, if you're happy in your marriage and your relationship, I think everything else will follow suit. You know what I mean? Yes. Your career, your children, your lifestyle, everything will be that, that way. Yeah. Um, okay. Because we grow up as a little girl, like you said, we dream of this relationship, we dream of this great life to have with the man or a woman of our dreams, you know? And to get married and get to have a bad life, a bad relationship, it really is hard. People see us and, you know, they need us Instagram and all that stuff. And they see how we live. A lot of times they envy our, our marriage and our relationship. And they say, how do you, how do you guys do it? Some people look at it and say, we're crazy because we spend a lot of time together. How can you want to do it any other way? Right. You know what I mean, right. why, why, why would you want to kind of regret or not look forward to coming home after work? Absolutely. Absolutely. And the, all that tension in the house, it was very draining. I remember <laughs> those no, old days. They didn't get the job that much, they probably wouldn't, wouldn't want it anymore and they quit. Why would you want to hate your marriage that much? Yeah. <laughs> relationship. I love your book so much. And in, in one part of it, you're saying, and I think every woman, by the way, all our listeners, every woman should read this book, men too, because I really believe it will help you in your marriage. And whatever issues you have in your marriage, this book will help. But in your book, you said, that uh, marriage counseling doesn't really work, but shouldn't people get it if they need help? I'm sorry, I should not giggle when you ask me that question. It's terrible, isn't it? It, it sure didn't work for us, right? It sure didn't work for us. And a big part of why it didn't work is because I didn't go in trying to improve myself. I wasn't trying to improve my husband. And that was the whole problem I was already having is I was spending a lot of time kind of on his side of the street, right? Instead of cleaning up my own side of the street. Right. But now, I so now I have international relationship coaching company. I train coaches and we have helped tens of thousands of women fix their marriages. And, you know, because I have the honor of getting to see the inside of a lot of marriages, I see so many couples come, you know, women come. We don't actually serve couples. We only serve women. And they come and they say, uh, yeah, we, we've been to marriage counseling. And, and that's when we filed for divorce or the counselor said, I'm going to help you have a nice divorce or whatever, instead of preserving the marriage. Yeah. And, and then it was interesting as I started kind of looking into that and finding out that um, a lot of the statistics are not very good with marriage counseling. I've read one statistic that um, 70% of couples who go end up either uh, breaking up or getting divorced um, within a pretty short period. So in some ways, I can see why it, it makes things worse. And one of the things I didn't know when I went to marriage counseling, and I thought that I did, was what respect looks like to men, right? So, and I, even now I'll write about it with my female brain. I'll be like, this is so weird. This is how they look at it, you know? But the most disrespectful thing you, you can probably do is go to, and sit in front of a stranger and your husband and complain about all the things he does wrong, all the ways he's not competent or smart or capable, right. or he's not making you happy. What worst thing could you do to start out? Uh, and that's one of the things that a lot of times happens in marriage counseling right off the bat. If you would have asked me, I would have said, oh, I'm, I'm 
very respectful. You know, I, I don't leave a mess. I, I tell him where I'm going to be, you know, I'll heat up his dinner if he comes home late. Well, that has nothing to do with respect. That's, that's no. nice. That's considerate. But no. where I was going wrong was, you know, my husband would say something about work. And then I would say, well, have you thought about doing this? Or, you know, you, I think you should try that. Or why didn't you say this? And it was really undermining his, like his decision-making, right? It was almost the subtext was, I don't think you're handling that right. I don't think you're very competent. I don't think you're very capable. And so that was incredibly disrespectful. And I didn't realize, I thought I was just being helpful. Well, I was just too helpful all the time. So I wasn't working very well. And, and so Roger's nodding. And I still think when I say this to women, we're all like, yeah, okay. But what about my opinion, right? My opinion counts too, doesn't it? And the fact is, you know, when I first met him, I thought he was so smart. I didn't really have to question his thinking. It was only, I was the one who changed, right? I was the one that started thinking that I needed to help him be even more competent than he already was. Well, I see what you're saying. Cause I mean, like, we'll have that all the time. Even if something simple, if I'm doing the dishes or whatever, Nina will tell me that I should do it this way. Or I should wash these things first. Or I should. I'm like, it's dishes. I can handle it. But then what I do after that, I'm like, oh, sorry, baby. I'll take it back. I'll be like, yeah, yeah. And then I realize that I'm actually telling him what to do. As he's doing, I'm like, okay, sorry. I'll take it back. (laughs) Yeah. So that's good, Nina. Because you are quick to realize, right? Because it can be tempting to say no, but they don't come out clean if you don't put the glasses on the top or whatever, right? Like have some little thing here. Yeah. You'll save 2.2 milliseconds. I know, right? Is, is that the reason why you only counsel women instead of having both couples in? You know, I'll tell you the truth. I try to ease into this sometimes, but I'm just going to come out and say it. And that is that women are the keepers of the relationship. So men, they contribute, of course, greatly. Men are amazing, right? They just want us to be happy and they will go to the ends of the earth for us and go get the car when it's raining and give us our you know jacket when we're cold or they'll sacrifice in so many ways. So they're fantastic that way. But what's interesting is I think about, uh, I had learned once from a comparative religious study student that every object has yin and yang. So like a coffee, this coffee cup, right? The yang is this ceramic part with the handle and everything. And then the yin is the part that can receive coffee, or in my case, it's got tea in it. And if you think about a coffee cup that couldn't receive any beverages, it wouldn't have any purpose. They wouldn't have any purpose. So, and women, you think about as a metaphor, uh, our bodies, we are built to receive. And if we are not receptive, then our men have no purpose. I love this metaphor because I know for me, I was not a very good receiver in many ways. Like uh, I think about gifts, help, compliments, apologies, special treatment. You know, we'd wake up in the morning and my husband would say, oh, you're so beautiful. And I was like, no, stop it. Don't look at me. Shut up. You know, it's like the opposite of receptivity. Or he'd say, you know, do you want me to carry that for you? And I'd be like, no, I've got it. Right. I'm strong too, or whatever. Or, uh, you know, an apology. You know, I'd say, that's okay. That's okay. Instead of just saying thank you. It's not just my husband, it's other situations. Somebody, we might have a big party and there's a big mess at the end. And someone says, hey, can I stay and I'll help you clean up? You know, and I go, oh, no, no, that's okay. I've got it. Right. And then I'm there. With all the dishes by myself afterwards. You're your head. Oh shit! I should have got someone to help me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like they offered to help me. Why didn't I just take it? You know. So I think of the essence of femininity is receptivity. 
And if we're not willing to receive from our husbands, if they can't make us feel good, if they can't kill scary spiders for us, then, then we're the ones that are holding up the virtuous cycle that could be happening where he's giving me special treatment and I feel so taken care of and special. And then, you know, and that just kind of continues on and makes us both feel good. So I think women are the keepers of the relationship. We have all the power. So that's the reason on my campus, we only serve women. They're the ones that can make the culture amazing, or they can make it have wall-to-wall hostility and goal wars like I used to. So I totally agree with I totally 100% I'm with you on there. Now, what are the most common mistakes women do in, in their marriage? <laughs> well, oh, one, <laughs> yeah, well, one I want to avoid them at all costs. That's right. I think a big one is not knowing what they desire. <laughs> Roger's taking <laughs> that that. We're not letting Roger say anything really, too. I know. <laughs> so like, yeah. Yeah. Girls, he's just nodding. That we're just you know, blaming everything on, on yeah. us. There you go. <laughs> so good. So I, I know for me, I had uh, issues with not knowing what I desired. And I see this with my students all the time, too. Like, um, I'll give you, I have this totally embarrassing story of my husband took me to Hawaii when we very first got together on a romantic getaway. And I was so excited the first day I thought, oh, we're going to go to the beach. I can't wait to go to the beach. Yeah. But instead of saying, I would love to go to the beach, I said, uh, so what do you want to do today? And he said, let's go see a volcano. We'll go see a volcano. I was like, oh no. I, you know, but I didn't want to have a fight. So I thought, okay, I'm just going to suck it up. I'm going to go see this volcano, whatever. We'll go to the beach tomorrow or something. And then uh, we get in the car and you don't see a volcano for a long time. There's just like little molten rocks on the side of the road. It's really boring. Yeah. So I started to get kind of upset. And he picks up on this, of course, and says, is, is something wrong? And I go, did you think this would be funny? Because I don't think it's funny at all. I think it's stupid. So we saw a volcano. All right. But just not the kind. Yeah. <laughs> it was envisioning, you know, I feel so sad for that younger version of me. Just had no idea how to say what I wanted. And if you can't say what you want, you're never going to get what you want. So do you know what happened after that? He just wants me to be happy. So guess where we went? The beach. But I couldn't enjoy it. I had this terrible emotional hangover from losing my dignity. And anyway, so and the other thing I used to do was I would say to him, John, this kitchen is a disaster. And I thought he was going to jump off the couch and start doing the dishes. And that never happened. And I think maybe all he could hear was John, you know, blah, 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 blah. Because I don't think men can hear us when we're complaining. They nope. don't know what we want. And we think we told them what we want, but we didn't tell them what we want. I, I so, couldn't tell them you, you have a selective hearing. You only hear what you want to hear. <laughs> well, and who wants to hear complaining? Maybe no one can hear you when you're complaining, <laughs> right? They don't know what you want. So I learned this. I have this little cheat phrase that I love. It's one of about 20 cheat phrases I've come up with to make my marriage magical, to kind of put my heart right. So that right. at least if I'm saying the right words, I don't always have my heart right, but at least I'm saying the right words. And the phrase is, so it starts out with, I would love, or at least I would like, right? Because love attracts love. Right. And then you say the final outcome. So one day I finally said, I would love a clean kitchen. And guess what? He said, okay, I'll do it. I'll clean the kitchen. He's been cleaning the kitchen ever since. And that was over 20 years ago. I never do the dishes now because you know what? He knows it makes me happy. He knows what I want. 
He wants to give me uh, what I desire. So I think a lot of us are kind of afraid to say what we desire. It feels kind of vulnerable. Oh, I had one even just recently. Actually, for years, I've been I've been wanting a pool. I say, oh, I want a pool. But I was kind of keeping it at arm's length. And, you know, we, yeah. we don't have kids. And I remember thinking, like, if only I had kids, I could say I want the pool for the kids, you know, and then I wouldn't have to admit that I just want a pool. So finally, I got clear, like, no, I would love a pool. Well, they dug a pool-shaped hole in my backyard. We're getting a pool now. Because <laughs> I finally said, you know, I finally owned my desire, became willing to really uh, embrace it and say it out loud. And that makes a big difference. So I think knowing what you want, desire is the seat of feminine power. I mean, and let me just check this out with you, Roger. If, if you know Nina wants something, how important is it to you that you get that for her? Well, I just tell her what you do every day. In terms of what, dishes and all that stuff? No, yeah, I mean. I haven't done dishes in years. You haven't done dishes either? Oh, my God. In years, because he knew that was one thing that bothered me. I cook. I cook every day. I cook every day. bothered me waking up to the dirty kitchen. So I wake up to a clean kitchen every day. Yeah, she wants to do the dishes. She's happy to do the cooking so I can clean up. I mean, the kids help as well. They do their, their part. But, I mean, I've always grown up doing that in my family anyways, dishes and stuff like that when I was, when I was younger. So, you know, I, I was happy to, you contribute that way, I'll contribute this way. You know what yeah. I mean? So yeah. But but I, I noticed you said I'm sad to my younger self. And I felt that because I feel that sometimes. I'm like, ah, oh, I am so sad to how I act when I was younger in my early 20s, my 30s. Like we've been together since my early when I was 21. And I say that to him. I said, I feel bad for how I acted with you in the beginning, because that's not me now. I am so much wiser, obviously. I'm older, so much wiser, and I can actually pinpoint to the things that I did wrong in the beginning of our relationship. So that makes me feel sad. And it makes me feel sad for a lot of younger women who are going through it now. I'm like, if you could only see into your relationship, like from the, from the future, you'll know that what you're doing to your marriage is wrong. Well, we tell people a lot of people ask us questions about their relationship and, you know, things that they're struggling with. We always tend to go to the person who's asking the question and say, what are you doing wrong? Take a look at what you're doing and how you're t- receiving things uh, you know, whatever information he's giving you or whatever he does, you know, if you're jealous about something because you had a bad ex-boyfriend, there's no reason to put that on him. You know what I mean? He's probably not out cheating. He's probably out doing whatever he does, you know, golfing or whatever. So we always kind of tell him to look within yourself and see what's bugging you and why it's bugging you before you, you know, plaster it on him. (laughs) Yeah. Such a powerful question, right? To just turn your attention to your side of the street how are you contributing to this mess? And it's one of the things that we talk about a lot in our campus too. Like, yeah, okay. He's 90% of the problem. He's wrong. He's bad. Maybe because they kind of come in, they arrive a lot of times very hurt, really very hurt from years of maybe not knowing where the levers are to, you know, not knowing how to use their pinky very well. Right. Like your, your grandmother, you were telling me that great story in the beginning about your grandmother saying a woman can control a man with her pinky, you know, she can make him do what she wants. Your marriage, your relationship, it's up to you as a woman, as a wife. It's up to you. You manage the relationship, essentially. Like you said, you know, if you're, if you own your desires, you're able to control how things go for yourself. Yes, absolutely. And one of the big things that I think can go missing in a marriage that can make it seem a lot worse than it is too. And this is another issue I have with counseling is sometimes you're focusing on everything that's wrong, right? And what you focus on increases. 100%. So another one of the, the practices 
that we do. It's so simple, but is, uh, well, I, I, I call it the spouse fulfilling prophecy. It's a gratitude skill, really. And I learned about it from Lee Miltier. She talks about how uh, she taught a class on auto suggestion, which is you might say like, oh, I have a successful business or I ran a marathon or whatever it is you want to accomplish in the future but that you haven't done yet, but you just say it to yourself. Yeah. yeah. And so this student of hers left the class and she realized she had an insight. Like you're saying, well, you know, what are you doing? How are you contributing to the problem? Well, she realized she was affirming that her husband had a bad temper. She would say, oh, it's just like you to lose your temper. You always lose your temper. So she decided to just change it up. She started saying, she waited for him to lose his temper and she didn't have to wait very long. <laughs> and then she said, that's not like you to lose your temper. And their 12-year-old son said, yes, it is, mom. He always loses his temper because who had he been listening to, right? He heard her say it lots of times. But she decided to just stick with this experiment. She's like, I have nothing to lose. You know, I don't like this behavior. I don't want to encourage it anymore. She kept saying, it's not like you. And then a little while after that, they were at a restaurant and the service was pretty slow. And he started to fume. He's like, I have a good mind to call the manager over here and let him know how long we've been waiting. And then he stopped himself and he looked at her and he goes, that's not like me to lose my temper, is it? And she just <laughs> fell out of her chair, right? So I heard this story and I thought, oh, wow, I'm going to, I'm going to use this because, and I had been saying to my husband, oh, you know, you need to try to get a raise, maybe try to get a better job, maybe try to make more money, right? And the subtext that he heard was, you don't make enough money. You're not good enough. And what happened, yeah, you're not good enough. And what happened, because I'm such a good manifester, he, he he stopped making any money. <laughs> he wasn't making any money at all. <laughs> and I was so resentful. That's like, I mean, all of us, right? What you focus on increases. So I thought, I'm going to change this up. I'm going to stop saying you don't make enough money and start saying, you've always been a good provider was the spouse fulfilling prophecy I came up with. And then just for fun, I started calling him Mr. Moneybags too. I'm like, you've always been a good provider. Mr. Money, he'd get a check in the mail. I'm like, oh, Mr. Moneybags could take me out to sushi tonight or whatever. Around that time, my husband started his own company. He'd never had done that before. And it was more successful than he'd ever been at any job previous to that. And I mean, maybe it's a coincidence. I don't know. But he had that company for almost 20 years and it did very well. And he it ended up closing at the beginning of COVID. Um, but he, uh, anyway, so I just saw how my my whole experience of him changed when I changed what I was focusing on. That's why I want every woman to read this book. This It's, it's such a great book. And just from reading it, I am like totally a different woman. Like, wait, seriously, honestly, say it. I'm, I was always good, I think, to tourism. But lately I've been just like, it is so good. Like it's all up to me to make my marriage the way I want it. And every woman listening to this has to read this book. <laughs> What's the name of the book? It's the Empowered Wife. There you go. I have the Empowered Wife. Thank you, Roger. Thank you. <laughs> Don't worry. I'm gonna I'm gonna have it in my show notes. I'm gonna say all about it. She, she picked up the book. Uh, like it came in, and then it took a couple of days to get started on it. But she picked up the book. And, I couldn't put it down. Yeah, she she read half of it in a day. Yeah, I couldn't in, put it down. I was like, it was so Before good. I woke up in the morning. One day I was like, I just read most of the book. I'm like, I just, it's such a good book and I can relate to everything you're saying. Well, I'm still working on a lot of things. It's such an incredible book. But I want to ask you, give us some of the red flags that a wife would have. And just so, like, a lot of, you talk about the book to fix your marriage, make sure, you know, you do this, certain things to make your marriage work. Well, what are some of the red flags that you know it's not going to work? And they well, can walk away from that marriage. Yeah. 
I have another embarrassing story to answer that question. Sadly, I'm full of these embarrassing stories. So when uh, I wrote my first book over 20 years ago now, I knew from my own experience that verbal abuse could clear up if the woman had the right skills, because we used to say horrible things, horrible, bad things to each other that I would be embarrassed for anyone to find out about before I had the, the six intimacy skills that I write about. And before I had the connection framework, which is the community of other women, like-minded women like you. So I, I thought, okay, verbal abuse, that one's okay. That one's going to be all right. But then I was scared about the other ones. Like, uh, you know, if he's uh, physically abusive or if he is always cheating on you, or what if he's addicted to alcohol or drugs or gambling? So in my first book I wrote, well, if you have one of those, then sorry, nothing you can do. It was very controlling of me in a way, because I didn't have any experience. And that's all I was trying to share was my experience. So I had to write a big uh, mea culpa years later, because women in those situations came to work with me on, they came to my campus and got coaching and they have turned those situations around. Even there, there was physical abuse. There was chronic cheating. You know, he seemed like an alcoholic. I had one woman who used the spouse fulfilling prophecy on her husband where she didn't drink at all. He was, you know, she thought this is an alcoholic. He really has a problem with drinking, but she decided to change up her thinking about that. Right. She, she started affirming to herself and to him that he was just a moderate drinker. He was just a light drinker. And so she started saying that to him. She said the first time she said it to him, she thought he was going to be like, what are you talking about? But no, he just looked at her like, oh yeah, thanks for, you know, you finally get me. Yeah. I'm a light to moderate drinker. And so then she started looking for evidence of this and she thought, well, he never drinks and drives. So that's responsible. And she had a few other things. And then not that long after she started focusing on how he was just a moderate drinker, they went on a cruise together. And on the cruise, they were going to a port of call where you could have two free drinks or for 20 bucks, you could upgrade to unlimited drinks for the day. And she thought, oh, he's going to want to upgrade. For sure. to drink. Yeah. And he did it. And she was just confused. And she said, she said, why aren't you getting the upgrade? And he goes, well, I think two drinks is enough. I think that's fine. And she couldn't believe it. She's like, oh my gosh, he's a moderate drinker. So she was able to change her whole experience. She changed him with her pinky, yes. see? Yes, pinky, <laughs> just using this little thing. That's incredible. I mean, I, I just, I love you. I love your book and then, and I want to know more. I want to know more about you and what else, what else are you writing? What's next for you? <laughs> you know, I, my mission, I'm on a mission to end world divorce because I don't want anyone to suffer unnecessarily. Like I did. Yeah. You guys are on the same mission. I know. I love that. And you're living it, which I think is just tremendous, right? It's we're celebrating. And also the way that I see that happening is that uh, what I notice is that women who really want to have amazing marriages, not just, you know, we're staying married, but to really feel desired and taken care of and adored, they need the connection framework. I call it, I needed it too, which is You've got to know the six intimacy skills. Of course, you have to have the right information. That's in the book. Also, you need a community of like-minded women because in the world, sometimes you complain about your husband. Oh, he said this or he did that. And the the answer comes back. Oh, you should leave him. You should get a divorce, right? It's very common to hear that. So you need a community of like-minded women. And then you also need a way 
to see your own blind spots. So that's what coaching is all about. That's why I train coaches. And then finally, you also need a way to pay it forward, to talk about what you've learned, which is exactly what you guys are doing on this podcast, right? You're paying it forward. You want everyone to get the right information and support. You provide that with your podcast. So for me, the thing I'm super passionate about is training coaches who can pay it forward. I feel like if we had coaches everywhere, then instead of marriage counseling, where you're maybe pointing the finger and complaining about your husband, a coach could be there to ask the question you were saying, how are you contributing to the breakdown in your marriage? And, but do it in such a loving, gentle way. Like a really, we always say, you know, we're standing for you, standing for your greatness standing for your marriage, standing for your husband's greatness too. He's a great man. You wouldn't have married him if he wasn't. And the way you're, you're so gracious about saying it, the way you're saying it, I would love to work with you, to be honest, and learn more because I think every woman should learn from your book and from yourself and how to you know fix their marriage and all the skills that you're teaching. You know, I think it's incredible. So tell us where... Would a woman find you? She needs help in her marriage. Sure. Help find you. Sure. Well, I have something really fun going on right now, which is we have a free Adored Wife Roadmap. You can download that on my website, which is lauradoyle.org. And for people like Nina who are interested in taking this a lot further, um, we, I also have a, a free masterclass called Purpose, Prosperity, and Intimacy. It's how to have all three and help others have the same. And it's about finding out if becoming an, a relationship coach uh, with you know who an expert on the intimacy skills is right for you. So anyway, I had, I couldn't help but mention that for you, Nina, because it in. sounds like you're very passionate. Yeah. Yeah. I would love that. Come on. I'm in. I mean, like we said, we've been doing this for so long and we, we share our experience. We're not therapists or doctors, but I wouldn't mind getting to this because I feel like I have it in me. I have so much I want to share. This will, uh, I think will help us get there. Well, you mentioned intimacy. And I, I know a lot of people after so many years of marriage, they kind of lose that for each other. They're more like roommates than husband and wife. What would be uh, you know, a good tip to help the woman, I guess, spark up the, uh, the, the husband's uh, intimacy levels as well? Oh, I love that question because it's so important to have physical intimacy. It's the one thing that really distinguishes your romance from every other relationship, right? I might hug my sister or tell her things that are really personal or whatever, but my marriage is the only place I'm having sex, right? So it's super important. (laughs) And the best aphrodisiac on the planet for men, I have found, and Roger will have to have you verify this, is respect. Am Am I wrong? Absolutely. He's nodding. Okay, good. All right. So, and it's free and it works fast. And usually if the intimacy has left and you are receptive, right? That's key. If you're not receptive, of course that can be a block. It's a pretty good indication that the respect is gone too. He doesn't feel respected. So neither of you are getting what you want in this relationship. I have a little cheat phrase that you can use. Well, I have several of them, but one, one of them that comes to mind for restoring the respect. And I think most women really kind of choke when they hear this phrase. And the first time I said it, I think I probably felt like I had sawdust in my mouth, but now I just love it. I I use it all the time because it's fantastic. And the phrase is, and I would write this down if you're listening and and practice, just experiment with it. You won't die. I've never lost a client yet to this, using this phrase, (laughs) but it is, I apologize for being disrespectful. It's all on 
my side of the street, right? I was disrespectful when I, and then you reference the specific situation. So it might've been when I argued with you about what you said to our kids, or it might be uh, when I tried to tell you what to do at work, or it might be when I criticized your driving, right? There's just many opportunities to be disrespectful all day long. I certainly fall into it from time to time now, even though I know nobody's perfect. No, we're human. So, yeah, yeah. Not too long ago, you know, I've been practicing intimacy skills for 20 years. So I'd love to say I'm perfect, but I'm not. So we were at a restaurant, nice, swanky restaurant on a Saturday night. It's all hopping, busy. The waiters are flying, the music, people are laughing at the bar. And then my husband's talking about his work. And I had said, so it was before the pandemic started. And I said something about one of his clients. I said something kind of like, yeah, that client, you know, you shouldn't give them preferential treatment or something like that. And all of a sudden, like the music stops and the waiters stop and the laughter stops. And my husband's face gets like, what? You know, he gets this weird look on his face, like what? And I'm like, oh, oh, I go, was that disrespectful? Cause I wasn't ready to be accountable yet. You know, I'm like, was that disrespectful? And he goes, yeah, <laughs> now he's used to being respected. And I'm like, oh, oh. And then I'm like, I apologize for being disrespectful when I criticized your client, which he rightly took as me trying to control what he does at work. Right. All of a sudden the, the music comes back and the waiters are flying and the laughter's and my husband and I were having a nice conversation again. Our good time is back. You know, it wasn't ruined. The whole night could have just gone, right. but it didn't because I was able to save it. That resulted in some pretty good passion in the bedroom too. There you go. Yeah. You know what? That's and you could have turned that around. You could have argued with him, say, no, I didn't need to do that. And you would have argued and, you know. We could have slept with our backs to each other that night, right? That's what we used to do. Well, that's that's one thing after doing this podcast and learning from other people is what we, we used to argue for a long period of time. We used to take a long time before we resolve whatever it is we were arguing about. And now I find that, like, you know, something gets heated. We'll just kind of sit back give it a few minutes and then think about what we did wrong in terms of that argument. So, you know, we, we definitely shortened the, uh, the fighting. We've also used phrases as well. We've been, we've learned to use different phrases. Like if there's something wrong, I'll be like, okay, it's a story in my head. I'm sorry. Very I mean, this here's where yeah. I went. Here's where my mind went with yeah. it. Where did yours yes. we'll, we'll realize that, you know, we're both talking about the same thing. We're both right. It's just, we're just looking at it two different ways or whatever the case is. Isn't that like a superpower? It is. A superpower. Yeah. I I think you do too. That's why I feel sad for my younger self. I really do. I'm like, why did I not know this stuff at the beginning? You know? Yeah. It's a lot of needless emotional turmoil. Yeah. Right. So if you can help other couples out there to realize their, you know, mistakes and work on their skills. Hey, I'm all for it. And own their desires. (laughs) Yes, own their desires. Exactly. Express those desires in a way that inspires him too. Yeah. Tell me what you want. Yeah. (laughs) We could go on all day with this. Tell our audience where they can find you besides your website. Are you on any of the socials? I'm on all the socials. So I actually have a free Facebook group called The Adored Wife. So you can look me up there and join and i have a podcast also the empowered wife podcast yes that is very popular so yeah you can check that out yes absolutely thank you thank you thank you what i liked about your your group i was listening to your podcast you were talking about the 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 people you let in your group that you you kind of screen them and all that stuff and 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 one thing you said is we we don't we're not looking for man bashers 
You can't come in if you're yeah. going to bash men. We're, we're yeah, not I'm it. with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we found I found that on our, on our interviews, like some of the people we're talking to, because we were try, talking to, you know, dating experts and all that kind of stuff. And people will come in and I found that there was a lot of man bashing. So I told oh. him, I said, we got to start getting some more men on the show so we can kind of eliminate the, I want men, yeah. men to want to listen to it, not, not feel uh, like they're doing something wrong. Actually, I recently yeah. did a video on TikTok, which went viral. I was just saying to the ladies, ladies, think before you bash your men. Like, it's not always about men's fault. Like, you have fault at it as well. And it just went viral. Men are, like, thanking me, saying, at least someone can understand this. I'm like, but it's true, though. It's not always a man's fault, you know? No, not everything is blamed so on men. And it's not his fault. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Not only is it not always their fault, but the longer I in, in this line of work, the more I just have so much gratitude and respect and appreciation for how far men will go to make us happy. It's, it's ridiculous. They move across the country so she can be by her parents and she gets to drive the new car and he drives the, oh, oh like Roger did apparently. <laughs> he moved, he moved right? to, stay to, to be with me. Yes. I mean, behind. it's so nice. I mean, yeah, my husband just over the weekend getting ready for 4th of July. I was like, I want the lights on the patio to be hung this way instead of that way. And he's like, all right, you know, and he did it. And uh, he's just, just to make me happy. Anyway, it's just, it's really wonderful when you know how to use your pinky. That's you right. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies, use your pinky, please. And go get Laura's book, The Empowered Wife, and listen to her podcast. It's amazing. Honestly, thank you again. We appreciate you. And uh, I mean, I could go on and on with this conversation all day, but we only have about an hour. So I'll <laughs> have you again just talking about sparking back up the intimacy or or something in 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 terms of once she finishes your book she'll uh she'll probably get uh, motivated to talk about something right i will sounds great well i really enjoyed this thank you so thank much you. for having thank me on so much. If you enjoyed this episode of the podcast, please hit subscribe and give us a five-star rating on whichever platform you're tuning in from. It means the world to us to have your support on our show in this little mini way. <laughs> you can also stalk us on Instagram at Head Over Heels Show for more juicy stuff. If you have any questions, send them via email at us at hohshow.com or DM us on socials. Thank you for having us between your ears. And as always, we, we wish, wish you what we, what we have. We have.